Hello, and welcome to The Tattooed Mind, podcasts where we explore the intersection of mental health, self-care, and the art of tattooing. This podcast is dedicated to sharing stories, insights, and inspiration from artists who have struggled and overcome obstacles in their lives and careers. My name is Mike Fisher Dubois, and on today's episode, I'm joined by Austin Campbell. Austin is a tattoo artist out of Black Card Tattoo Collective in Kansas City, who shares with us the story about how he lost one of his eyes for talking shit about a previous coworker. Austin went from being the sort of tattoo artist that a lot of us would deny ever having been to one of the best color realism artists that I personally know. He's just a fantastic tattooer and somebody whose work I quite admire. In this episode, we talk a lot about what it's like to reach out to people and try and repair a reputation, how you find motivation to grow, and find balance in life. I hope you enjoy getting to listen to our conversation as much as I enjoyed being a part of it. Now, here's Austin. I'm Austin Campbell. I work out of Black Card Tattoo Collective here in Kansas City. I've been tattooing for a little over seven years now, and I like doing surrealism, but more on the realism side of it, I guess that makes any sense. 2015 was when I first got interested in it because I started getting tattooed in a, uh, a trailer park. That was a good time on a kitchen table. And so I went on Amazon and bought a little tattoo kit, started doing it out of my parents' basement. Tattooing random people I found on Facebook and was fucking them up in a good way. And then I, a guy named Joe Hopper, he's like sort of kind of a legend here in Kansas City, not for the good reasons, reached out to me through Facebook and offered me an apprenticeship. I remember the first day I went into his shop in early 2016. He's like, hey, my name's Joe. Start tattooing people. That's just kind of how I jumped into it. I, I never really was taught anything. I did that about six months. And then around August of 2016, him and I started having a falling out because he was kind of a piece of shit. He was selling drugs out of the shop, uh, a real big Oxycontin uh, guy. And so I left, uh, went to a new shop and I was there one night drawing my desk, I guess in the meantime. I was running my mouth on Facebook, just talking all kinds of shit, running his name through the dirt, being petty. And I, I was at the new shop one night, just drawing on my desk by myself. And he came in, yeah, uh, hit me over the back of the head and kind of just stomped me out and ended up losing my left eye over it. Yeah. Uh, he got caught and everything, but he didn't get any sort of legal trouble. And so. After that happened, it was about a year of me kind of just laying in bed, not doing shit. And uh, I found a guy close to home that gave me a chance, brought me back in. And I basically had to relearn how to do everything with one eye. There's no depth perception of any kind. Can't tell where my needle's at, how far it's in scan, anything like that. And so I, I uh, didn't do good work for those couple of years. Then about 
19, I found a guy here local to Kansas City. His name Brady Payton. Uh, he gave me a shot here at Black Card. And this dude's a, a wizard. But he brought me in and busted my ass. Uh, just pretty much the day in and day out. And that's when I really started getting hungrier. And I would be at the shop here seven days a week, just day and night. Um, felt like I had something to, to prove, I guess. Being a one-eyed guy that had this horrible reputation for doing awful tattoos. And so I, it, uh, it really pushed me to do better and kind of rebuild my name. And we've been doing that for about four years now and we're here. That's, uh, that's about the extent of it. Honestly, it's not a long story. Can you tell us a little bit about that time that you spent just sort of sitting in bed? Not only what was going through your head while you were there, but what finally motivated you to be like, you know, I can't do this anymore. That's fair. I guess I left out a part. I was working for the, uh, sport motor plant while I was doing the beginning of my apprenticeship and stuff. And it was, uh, I had full benefits, health coverage, good pay and all that. And the day before I lost my eye, I quit. And so I lost all those health benefits. And so that was another thing that kind of added on top of the just major depression. I mean, laying in bed, eating and, uh, the whole time my wife was more supportive than she should have been kind of just carrying us through everything. Um, she was the one that really pushed me to finally try again. She was sick of my shit, just laying in bed. Um, I think I bought some, some fake tattoo skins because for that nine or 10 months, I was just terrified to touch a tattoo machine, do any sort of art. I was like, I'm done. There's no point. And so I started just fucking around on these fake skins and it really started building that I could do it. There's no reason for me to sit here and do nothing and just waste away. And so I, then I reached out to friends and stuff who were way more supportive than I thought they would be and let me tattoo them for free and just start feeling it out and practicing again and kind of relearn how to do things. So you said that was, uh, you were still doing pretty shitty tattoos though, right? Oh yeah. Real bad. Yeah. At that point, I still didn't have anyone that taught me how to do anything. Man. I was winging it. Dude, sometimes it amazes me like the level of confidence that I personally had in myself when I was doing the worst tattoos I was doing. Um, that's true. <laughs> you know, like that's very true because, um, I, I started out scratching. I scratched for like a year before I like apprenticed anywhere. I even worked at a shop, uh, as a yeah. scratcher and, uh, yeah, man, I, I would thought I was good. You know, like whenever people would give me criticism, like I'd post something on one of the old tattoo forums and someone would be like, you know, this yeah. sucks. You really need to stop doing this. To people. I'd be like, well, fuck you then too, man. Yeah. This is great. You're jealous. Fucking haters. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, did you, did you have a lot of that kind of going into so it? Much. Yeah. It was a ridiculous amount. Yeah. Not only from just random people, but from shop owners and local around here too. Yeah. I was known as that guy. Dude. And that's so crazy for me to hear because 
Like, I think I probably first got turned on to your work maybe maybe late 2019, early 2020 um, is when I first started noticing you out there. And mm. I, I didn't even realize that you had been tattooing already for like several years. I thought you had just kind of came on and exploded out of nowhere, starting to do some really cool work. No, yeah, there was about three years before that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's sometimes I feel like we have this perception that like everybody knows about our reputations, even when they don't. I totally would never have guessed yeah, that you yeah. were thought of as like the shitty guy in your town. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was a good time. Man. No, there well, was uh, a lot of rebuilding for sure. Yeah. Going shop to shop and reintroducing myself, I guess, and trying to mend that. What, how was that process? You know, because I think a lot of people would just <laughs> never feel like it was something that was okay for them to do. They'd be like, well, this is what those guys think of me already. Fuck them. I'm just going to pretend like they don't exist. Well, I mean, I was a piece of shit, I guess, in the beginning. I wasn't really anything good by any means. But uh, no, I just, I got tired of being seen as the piece of shit. I had a wife, I had kids. There was no reason for me to be this just bottom dweller, I guess. It's super cool that you just like were able to step up like that, I suppose, you know? Um, a lot of, a lot of pride swallowing for sure. Totally. Um, man, what, what was some of the, Besides just like the admitting like, hey, maybe I'm not as good as I think I am. Was there anything else with that? I kind of just swallowed. Honestly, because I, I suck. Yeah. And I don't want to suck anymore. It's a, uh, yeah, you got to kind of take a step back. Cool. Man, well, you, you, you're doing awesome now. Um, they, the, the, the work you put out is just, it, it's fun, you know, um, like there's a, a couple other guys who do a similar like surrealism sort of style as you do. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's super interesting to me that they're off the top of my head. Like I can think of like maybe a half dozen people who mm -hmm. do like that type of work. But when you think about it in the big scale of things, it's like, there's only like a half dozen people who are doing that type of work, you know? Yeah. There's not um, many. How did you decide that was sort of the niche that you wanted to find yourself in? So honestly, there was a, I think it was like 2019 or 2020. I just me and a few art buddies, we all ate shrooms one night and we were just playing around on our iPads. And that's kind of how it stuck. Like, this is cool. These split lady faces with random hands and doing weird shit. And ever you since then, it's just sort of ran with it just sort of stuck yeah that's awesome man do you think um that using mushrooms like when you were in some of that funk might have been like part of what changed your mindset and let you decide you know what i'm gonna try and approach this differently i do think that had a lot to do with it um not necessarily why while you're tripping but it was the day after you kind of just feel new if that makes sense i don't, I don't know it, it, it's, a, it's a good reset it feels like yeah you're not the first person i've had on this podcast mm -hmm. now who's told me how using mushrooms and then it's so that reset afterwards where all of a sudden you're having like a yeah, yeah. clarity after um 
it, it's super cool. You know, it's something that I've actually started like really kind of researching into recently. Um, you know, I, I'm like super sober. Um, you know, like if I had, I had a bad alcoholism, still consider myself that right. Uh, and yeah, yeah. Um, so I like stay away from all that shit. And recently I've been really looking into doing like some sort of like psilocybin or ketamine therapy and stuff. Cause there's so much evidence with that shit that it just can change lives. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do, um, yeah. So it's cool when I, when I hear stuff like, oh, I was doing like mushrooms and that's when I got the idea of like, yeah. what should, <laughs> you know, shape my career yeah, now yeah. moving forward. Yeah. The, the biggest thing was just finding something and sticking to it. it yeah. Not, I've always been taught, you know, do everything. You should be good at everything. And that fucking sucks. It yeah. makes it feel like a job. Just taking yep. on whatever the client wants. Well, and you know, when, cause I was taught that too, you know, I was really brought in like, oh, yeah. oh you got to learn how to do it all. And I think there's a point in your career where you should be trying it all, but absolutely. Like, I never see somebody who I consider to be a great tattooer telling me that I need to learn how to do everything, you know? Yeah. Like I have yeah. no interest in doing a traditional Japanese sleeve. I don't like dragons. Yep. They're like my least favorite thing in the world to tattoo. Why should I feel forced to tattoo a fucking dragon? You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. If I wanted to work a job, I would work a job. Yeah. Well, and you know, I, I was a mediocre tattooer when I tattooed dragons, but when I only tattooed the things I tattooed slightly better than other people, I got much better at those things than other people. You know, there's a little bit of like, uh, you, you only have so much energy. The biggest thing that helped me though, was learning to say no to people Yeah, and kind of starving it out. I mean, it got slower when I started saying no, then after a year or so of that, it really did pick up. And it's cool that people will find you to like your own, your style. Yeah. They want your shit on them. Yeah. That's a huge, just self-esteem boost, especially mm -hmm. when you go through like that tough phase, getting into it and you're questioning it all. And you're like, fuck, I have, you know, I have kids, I have a wife, I have people who depend on me. Why am I turning away money mm -hmm. when I don't have I anything to tattoo next week? That's yeah. It's a very big thing. And now people will book like two or three day sessions with me and be like, do whatever you want. Like, That's me? awesome. Really? <laughs> I, I love yeah, it. No, man. It's cool. It, it, when you see success like that, you know, it just like, it's almost contagious. Um, and it sounds like you caught it from someone else too. You want to tell us a little bit about um, like the black card and everybody there who kind of rubbed off on you? Both the, I don't know if you've heard of him, Russell James. Yeah. Um, he's the guy that opened the shop. Okay. Um, he passed away five, five years ago now. Yeah. He brought on a, a guy named Brady Payton. who's just incredible. He's the like through and through artist, though, you know, just color theory, oil painting, all that type of shit that does all the nitty gritty. And he uh, absolutely overloaded me just with knowledge and it, it started stacking up just day by day, little by little. He actually found ways to help me with like the lack of depth perception. And he, uh, tried to understand that I, I couldn't see well, and he helped me find ways to make my tattooing more 
more efficient for me, I guess, if that makes sense. And now it's tough for me to teach people, people don't ask me questions. Stuff, like, I don't fucking know how I do it. I just, I do it. <laughs> and it makes it tough. But yeah. uh, Brady is the man. Yeah. <clears throat> Dude, that, that's awesome to have that sort of mentorship. Um, you know, I, I think especially tattooers get like this mindset at a certain point that they're the only one who can make them a better tattooer and they kind of forget that just having friends and listening to them is going to yep. shoot you through the roof. Getting around the right people is a huge thing and not being afraid to put yourself out there too. Yeah. Well, I'll message just random guys that I look up to on Instagram like, hey, can I come out and guest spot? Yep. Most of the time they say, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was talking with a guy on this podcast uh, maybe like three, four months ago now is when I talked with him. Um, and he was, him and I were talking and I've never been turned down for a guest spot. I have asked for guest spots at shops yeah. I had no business being at and not yep. a single one of them has ever told me no. Sometimes yeah. they've like politely danced around finding dates for me, but they've never been yeah. like, hey, you suck, dude. <laughs> no, that's, no, there's can't be scared to put yourself out there and just introduce yourself to people. Yeah. Um, not to like ask you to name drop or anything, but what no, was good. one of like the best experiences that you've had doing a guest spot? Jesse Yunker. Mohawk Jesse. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Know him. They're in Pennsylvania. Yeah. He, uh, cause him and I have that similar, he likes the surrealism stuff too. And, uh, now I went out there and did a guest spot and just kind of picked his brain on how he does stuff. Not just in tattooing, but with the industry and all of his, he has like seven sponsors and he does pretty well for himself. Yeah. He's a guy who's got a lot of hustle behind him. He does. Yeah. Yeah. And I do those guest spots. Not really. I don't try to make money off of them doing cool tattoos or anything. It's more so to pick the brain of whoever I'm going there to see. Yep. So, um, I, I brought up hustling and (laughs) I want to kind of talk about that a little bit. What's yeah. What is your like life schedule like? What do you find is the best way for you to not get burnt out and not go crazy? And I do Tuesday through Friday mostly. Now I'll do. Uh, I try to do just like Tuesday and Wednesday one big piece. Thursday, Friday one big piece. It doesn't work out like that every week, but for the most part, that's that's what I've been doing now. I did much- those that seven days a week though for a long time. Yeah. How much time are you trying to put into your tattoo work after the shop? Like, are you getting home and drawing on like those days or are you sitting in like, no, is everything tattoo. Cause you know, there's like, I mean, so yeah, everything is tattoo related, but once I get home, I shut it off. I, I get up early in the morning. I get to the shop around 8, 8 AM and I, I'll do all tattoos and stuff related between then and when my client gets there, but I've, I've tried now to be more focused hanging out with my wife for my kids when I get home. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. Shut it off. Yeah. Hey, I have to really push myself on that shit myself. Um, cause yeah, if I don't have like a cutoff where I like stop doing yeah. work stuff and next thing I know it's two in the morning, I, you know, m- didn't talk to my wife at all, made her go talk to the, you know, help the kid when <laughs> they cried. And all of a sudden yep. I haven't seen anybody except my client all day. Yep. It's tough. It's tough. My client usually comes in around 10, 10 o'clock. So I try to get out of here by six and that that's helped a lot too, rather than doing the normal one to 9 PM or whatever. 
Totally. Yeah. That's a good way to do that schedule. Um, mm -hmm. Do you get to like sit down then and have like dinner with your family every night? Yeah. Yeah. Most nights. But See, yeah. I think that's one of those like secret keys to having success in life that a lot of people totally overlook. Um, cause I do the same and, and my life changed when I started just being home for dinner and like the TV's off. Um, I'm not on my phone. It's like just me and my wife. And that just completely changed the way I deal with my day now. That's something I still definitely need to work on is being on my phone. Cause I'm still need to reply to emails and shit like that when I get home. Yeah. But for the most part, I, I try to be more present. I, I, I still need to work on that for sure. Have you looked at getting like an assistant to help you out? I have, and I still haven't just bit the bullet on that one yet. Yeah. It's a hard thing I, I've to... Uh, I've set up my own website, yeah. Yeah. It's such a hard thing to let go of, you know? Like, giving away like that little bit of Trusting power. someone. Yeah. Yeah, you know? no, for sure. Well, and you never know what sort of quality you're going to get out of people. Like, I've hired... I've had many assistants over the years... Um, yeah. and like my most recent one was my wife and she was great at it, but then like there became a very obvious point where I was having a hard time distinguishing between, is it my wife who did something wrong <laughs> or is it my assistant yeah. who did something wrong? That makes sense. That would be tough. Yeah. Yeah. How do your wife and kids like, uh, seeing their dad not sitting around just feeling bad about himself anymore they they love it man we we do absolutely everything together we constantly go on these little trips or big trips where uh to, we have a lot of experiences with them it's awesome that's so cool um do you take them ever when you do like guest spots and shit i haven't i've taken them to a couple of conventions and stuff but not okay. guest spots yeah my wife will travel with me because she has a work from home job so she can work wherever yeah that's cool, man. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite convention you've done recently? The uh, Evergreen Show is always a favorite of mine. Dude, in Eugene, Oregon. Yeah, I got to tattoo that once. Um, dude, and I fucked it off so yeah. hard. I feel so bad about like that wasted yeah. opportunity. Yeah, dude, I I was I was in the throes of uh, those were and, uh, that was my bad years, and when I was just like pissing away like my yeah. talent and career. Um, fuck, I, I, I pissed that away so bad. Josh has invited me back. I should, uh, really take him up on that, but it's, it's a great, great show. Uh, Brady actually, uh, won the, the Evergreen championship they did in Vegas. Oh, cool. A few years back. Yeah. He's the one that got me in there. That's awesome, man. What, um, what's, so what first even got you into tattooing? Like what made you want to become a tattoo artist? I mean, it's tough because I never had any sort of art background growing up, any interest in it whatsoever. I still have hardcore ADHD. But when I was 19 or 20, I, I got prescribed Adderall. And so for the first time, I could sit down and lock in on something. Yeah. And so I started horribly drawing, but I loved doing it. And it, uh, it, it built from there. I don't know what it was. I finally started being able to find what I'd like to do. It's awesome. Yeah. Hey, man, it's always you ADHD guys who are doing like yeah. all the super cool tattoos. Like, I feel like I, it, it's a superpower. 
Yeah, it, no, it totally is, man. Um, yeah, yeah, everybody that I've ever worked with who's like somebody I consider like just a killer tattooer. Um, <laughs> it's always it's they always do neo tratter realism, and yeah. they're always ADHD as shit. <laughs> like you know, like talking to them, and then in the middle of a conversation, all of a sudden they start telling you about their hobby. You're like, that's not what we were talking about, man. Yeah, it's tough to stay on track, and I catch myself doing it constantly. Do you have to do, like, the headphone land while you're tattooing? No, as long as there's some sort of music going, though. I can't yeah. do silence. Yeah. How do you feel, um, just, you've been through a lot in your tattoo career. How do you feel like that helps you connect with your clients when they come in and you're trying to kind of talk with them and get an idea for who they are? everyone has these crazy stories of shit that they've gone through stuff like that and i have a few uh like uh, paraplegic clients and stuff that will say oh man you've been through so much I'm like, well shut the fuck up you've been through way more but i love hearing people's stories of the overcome struggles and stuff like that it's uh it's pretty cool knowing that everyone has been through something yep yeah man that's uh you know, that's the ethos of this podcast is like, um, we're just trying to figure out like, what do we already know as tattooers to that's gonna help each other out? You know, the, the yeah, wisdom yeah. that just regular jack offs like you or I have, um, yeah, like, just, there's so many guys out there who want to sort of preach this, uh, you know, make your life better by doing exactly what i say things it's you like, gotta get okay, up well, and grind yeah 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 exactly guys, like, uh, hustlers university or some shit it's like okay yeah. but you know maybe maybe we have some better advice coming from the guy who's sitting here who's actually done it <laughs> you know yeah absolutely and there's gotta be a certain level of empathy for people yeah well and just like there's there's a certain amount of uh, trying to figure out the right way to say this without like coming across like I hate everyone. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's a certain amount of arrogance that I think is sort of like baked into being a tattooer, you know? Oh, yeah, for like, sure. Because people are letting us like mark their bodies up for free or for for life. And we're not yeah. doing it for free. We're doing it for lots and lots of money. So it's, yeah. and everybody tells us how cool we are. So we kind of like think of ourselves as these that's, people who have to have all the answers. That's very true. Yeah. No, there's a, I mean, I, I think there's a certain level of confidence that is a good thing. Yeah. But yeah, being an arrogant prick, that's what it, there's a, there's a line you got to tread, I guess. Totally. Like, um, yeah. And that's, I guess, part of what like apprenticeships are for and working in tattoo shops with other people and being like, oh man, I might think I'm really good. And, you know, my wife might tell me how great I am, but this guy's way better. And I can like see this every day reminded yeah. that I'm not as good. That's true. And it's a good thing to have people around you that'll tell you, hey, you're kind of fucking up. Yeah. That you're not, not as great as you think you are. Absolutely, man. Um. Dude, so can, uh, man, I, I, so is it okay if I talk about like the eye and all of that? I don't want to like, I yeah, don't no, absolutely. 
Dude, no, you're totally fucked. So I got to... You, what did, what did you do besides running your mouth or was he just like so like doped that he just he lost his huge mind. drug addict yeah yeah dude yeah that's it's nuts have you gotten to talk to him like since or do you have a restraining order or? no he's uh he, he passed away actually oh damn yeah yeah overdose or? Got, yeah overdose he was 31 Dude, that's nuts, man. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. Like you said, he, he, they just like came up behind you when you were leaving the shop. No, I was just at my desk drawing. Never heard him come in or anything. Oh, so he did it in the shop. In the shop. Yeah. Dude, that's fucking That was nuts. wild. There was blood all over the owners and stuff everywhere. Huh. Dude. Nuts. That, yeah, that's crazy. Like that is a hell of an experience yeah and i was actually i was born with eye problems already on top of it yeah and uh so i got lucky and he got the the bad eye both my eyes are shit but i can decently see out of my right eye yeah so you're not like legally blind or anything like that i mean so technically yes i am um everything i've had 24 eye surgeries between the age of nine and 18 or 17 or 18, everything in both of my eyes is artificial from the tubes, the uh, lens through the drainage, everything. And I see with my good eye about 20, 30, 20, 40. It's still, it's not great, by any, but uh, make it work. Man, that's nuts. You know, it makes some of your artwork kind of make sense to me because you you have this way of tattooing where it's it's a lot of these big fields and it makes mm -hmm. sense why you're doing these large-scale things with these big solid fields with you know just like a one gradient going across like a huge field of the tattoo yeah um, and that's why your stuff looks so cool it's very like it i would almost call it like pop arty it reminds me of like vector artwork you know like this sort of yeah, stuff yeah. you would make yeah, in bit. Illustrator where you would like, here's the shape and we're going to make a gradient yeah. across it. And then you're like, okay, yeah. well, that's a shape. How the fuck is that going to be a face? You know? And then all of a sudden, yeah. you know, you, you just take a step back and you're like, oh, that's a face. That's a really cool face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I have to be on large scale stuff more than you would see it. Yeah. That's a big thing. Dude, it works out super well for you. I mean, um, what was it like going through all those surgeries as a kid? See, I get that question a lot and I never really know how to answer it because, I mean, when you're a kid, you, uh, you bounce back. It's really easy. You know, it's just another fucking day. Um, it's what you're used to, I guess. Yeah. Um, don't remember a lot of it for the most part. You know, yeah, that's, it's, uh, it wasn't tough by any means. I suppose, I, just, I mean, that makes sense, you know, um, I, I didn't have all the, all those surgeries as a kid, obviously. So I guess yeah. I don't have like a, a yeah. personal comparison for it. Um, it just seems to me that that would be the sort of thing that a lot of other people would take as an excuse to not try to do something, you know, they'd be like, Oh for yeah, sure. no, I don't, I don't have to be good at this thing because you know, I'm, I'm, I can't be. The, I had a bunch of surgeries. Yep. I, there's no way I could ever be good at it. I'm never going to try. 
Yeah. And I, I, I think a lot, most people are wired like that. It's, uh, I don't know what it is, but yeah, it feels like I have something to prove. Yeah. And maybe that's exactly why, you know, like, yeah, because part of you is like, well, what do you mean? I can't, I better go show yeah. you or you're wrong. That's, that's what the whole spike driven thing comes from. Yeah. Where did you come up with that? Because, um, that, so that was something that you had said to me when we were setting this up is that spite was yeah. a strong motivator or something. I don't know. Cause it really came with the, having the horrible name because everyone knew me for the wrong reason. And, uh, again, a real big fuck you type thing. Yeah. So, um, man, outside of losing your eye, obviously, what was your worst tattoo experience? Like, did, did you ever, you fucked up a bunch of tattoos. You said, what was, was there one that like haunts you still? <laughs> okay. Yeah, there is. Uh, back yeah, when I give was us the dirt at that, at that guy's shop and Ford, I was tattooing a lot of people that I worked with at Ford and there was this one fucking guy. He, uh, I got a call from the judge Mather show. That's what it was. They're like, do you want to come? This guy's suing you. Like any publicity is good for this city. And so they flew me out to Chicago. Uh, can you sue me over a deposit? And I didn't confirm it. And I canceled the appointment. And, uh, yeah, on the fucking judge math show lost and thought I was the shit because of it. Do you, do you have a copy of the episode? No, I can't find it anywhere. <laughs> Where? It was a uh, post in the tattoo ta shop talk a while yeah. ago, but someone had found it, but I can't find it. Ah, uh, man. <laughs> it, was, it was good. So, so somebody in the tattoo shop talk was looking for it. Was that another hater? No, it was just funny. Oh, okay. Oh, the like, whole I found episode this video. Yeah. 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 Dude. Yeah, I I can't imagine what that experience would have been like. I think I would be so fucking embarrassed. It was humiliating, but at the time I was like, this is fucking awesome. I'm on the TV. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was 21 or 22. Yep. Dude. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how our brains at that age can like warp a situation and just being cool? <laughs> um, yep. You know, and, and again, that's also part of that just stubbornness and, you know, like arrogance that comes with being like a fresh tattooer. So you do, yep, you think you, you think you're the hottest shit in the world. You're like, I'm going to go on this yep. show. Everyone's going to see how cool a tattooer I am. <laughs> and then I'm, my books are going to be full for months. Yeah. It's like, yep. no, you're, you're literally on the show because, you know, you're not cool. <laughs> you're a giant douche. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I love it. Um, <laughs> that's great. I, I fortunately have never been on shows. I think I've, <laughs> I have a couple of clients who probably wish that they could sue me, but uh, yeah, you know, man, yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, shit, <laughs> I, I lost my train of thought, man. I'm gonna have to wind myself back. Do you got anything that I? Uh, you want to bring up quick while I try and like recenter myself here? Oh, but I think a lot of the, okay. A lot of the, uh, my rebellion came from, I went to a private Christian school. Okay. From kindergarten to the sixth grade. My parents were super hardcore conservative Christian. You know, you got to do everything the right way. 
get a good job, get a 401k. And I'm like, do it completely different way. Or if I'm broken, homeless, so be it. But I don't want that shit. And you I, have a 401k now though? Yeah. Yeah. See? Roth IRA and that kind of shit. But yeah, fuck them. So, <laughs> yep. No, that, but see, but I love that. Like, uh, you know, the sort of like, I, I can go ahead and build this like big professional career where I'm, I get to do something I love and I get to have, you know, like this foundation and support system set up for me later in life. I'm doing everything right and fuck you. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. Now they're uh, parents are giant supporters now. It's awesome. Like, is it? That's, I feel like is really like for those of us who didn't have family that like supported us at the beginning of this journey, I think when we finally like convince our dads or like our grandparents that (laughs) we're not like drug dealers, it's like just the ultimate win right there. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy though how many tattooers like around here at least are just strung out partying drugs and drinking every night and all that shit. Yeah. I mean, I, I personally feel like that's not just there at all. That's probably like, yeah, probably about three fourths of the tattoo community is in some form of just being on top of things that they're not supposed to be on top of and forgetting that they should be on top of their work. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. The amount of people that just don't give a shit. Fuck, dude. I mean, I was there, man. I, 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 I was there I too. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be talking to you today, today, if I wasn't one of those guys at one point. You know, like, and I think that's one of those, like, another one of those secrets to success that people just don't think is like even something they need to, like, want. It's something that people don't want to look at as a reason they're not seeing themselves more successful than they are is yeah the fact that they're you know partying you know every night of the week or three or four nights of the week and you know um like fuck you know i like i i know lots of really good tattooers who will like smoke weed all day every day but i know a lot more tattooers who smoke weed every day all day who don't give a shit about their tattoos so it's like yep hey maybe that's something you need to consider not doing or you know me like I, I was showing up to work, having taken a shot of whiskey in the morning to keep myself from fucking feeling <laughs> like shit, you know, it's yep. like, it's amazing how quickly your whole career can turn around when you stop doing that sort of shit. It is. Yeah. Um, that, everyone I started with all my old friends, they, uh, 100% of them never grew out of it. Yeah, Lost man. A lot of, a lot of relationships. Yeah. That's got to be hard for you as somebody who can sort of see like there's this way to live a better life. And when you see people who are still just sort of like stuck there, never quite grasping it, um, what's that like for you? Like looking at these guys and trying to figure out what it sucks to see. Cause I mean, it it sucks a lot. They'll still hit me up and be like, how are you doing this? while a lot gets over, you know I mean? It's, it's tough to yeah distance yourself from those type of people. Yeah. 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 Totally, man. Um, 
it was yeah because all the advice about technique and shit in the world doesn't really matter if you know when somebody's you know talking to you they're they've been drinking or they're gonna go drink right afterwards and they forget yep. about it the next day or they're doped up or whatever it's like you why am i wasting my time giving you advice you're not going to listen to it yeah yeah so, it, it sucks a lot i've never been one of those guys i have people that reach out to me and uh, i'll give them whatever question they ask i'll give them an answer to and they're like thanks so much for not gatekeeping whatever i'm like i guess a lot of people do that and i've never been never understood it yeah well i'm not in and I, I think the the real reason is because people gatekeep themselves. Like we don't really have to gatekeep, you know. Yeah. Like the the people who are never going to get it, you know, they, they aren't ever going to get it. It's like it doesn't matter exactly. if you give them the good information. We all know those people who just don't want to understand. And it's like, man, I'm I'm telling you how to do this better, and you're just not listening. So. Hey, stop asking me. Yeah, that's true. Damn. So this has been an awesome conversation with you, man. Um, when you look back at your life and like what made you think about like kind of shifting your whole perspective, what do you wish somebody had told you at the beginning of that year that you were feeling bad about yourself? Okay. I mean, it's super corny, but it's going to get better. It's not the end of it. You yeah. can make it whatever you want it to be. Dude, that's, yeah. I mean, super cliche, but. Dude, there's a reason things are cliche. I, I you yeah. know, like they work. Um, yeah. So no, cliche is great, man. Um, so if you were to, um, or if, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you, if they've got, you know, if they want to ask you some advice and prove that you're not gatekeeping, uh, yeah. how would they get a hold of you, dude? Uh, my Instagram is just ink by Austin, all one word. And my website's ink by Austin.com. Uh, TikTok is ink by all, everything's ink by Austin. 